The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 63 for Monday, July 31st, 2006. Folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Cab. I'm Dave Hamilton, and as promised this week, I am joined not only by John Braun, of course, because without John, there is no Geek Cab. And uh, yeah, who's who's the other guy? The intro, of course, was done by Mr. Ricky Spiro. Hi, Ricky. How are you? Who is that guy? Yeah, <laughs> Ricky is. Uh, from what I understand, Ricky's the host of another podcast that we have here at Mac Observer called the Weekly Roundup. I know nothing about that. Okay, perfect, excellent. Well, and uh, on top of that, he's an all-around great guy and is the man who finally inspired me to learn Automator. So it just didn't seem right to do an Automator show without having Ricky here to join us. Well, that's so kind of you. Well, that's why I'm, that's why I'm here, is to be kind to you and to our listeners and John and everyone. We just spread love. <laughs> well, really, actually, we spread knowledge is what we try to do. But occasionally, you know, love. So. I feel like I'm under a lot of pressure now. Yeah, I am. I, I usually <laughs> I usually put a couple of barbells on my shoulders. All right. Uh, so today's show will be about Automator. Uh, I don't think we're going to address much, if anything else, uh, though there might be a discussion or two rant here and there because that's just how it goes. But all three of us have used Automator. I know Ricky and I both use it to automate our podcast creation, and John has done some uh, Finder-related things. So we'll talk a little bit about what we're doing here and, and let, the, let the gab go on. So, Ricky, why don't you start and tell us about um, – just quickly tell us about an Automator action that you've created, and, and, uh, and then we'll kind of move on. Well, I guess it's, it's also worth pointing out that just generally, uh, I don't know how many people out there – have used automator but it's billed as this as you know it's got the little robot icon right it's billed as the thing that will do anything that you don't feel like doing or at least it'll do the things that um that are repetitive or that you do a lot or that you need to do on a lot of files the thing is when i when when we first started talking about a, a roundup doing the podcast that I do every week, that was years ago. And when we first tried it, it totally didn't work out because yeah. it was it was too much work, and we had to do all this stuff by hand. And when uh, Tiger came out, when ten point four OS ten point four came out a while ago, I said to Brian, "Hey, why don't we talk about bringing back the the idea of the roundup as a podcast? Because of course, podcasting didn't exist." five or six years ago when we first started trying to do this that's right and automator didn't exist either so um and and it's great I and mean, it's the thing that allows us to have the weekly roundup because there's there's a tremendous amount of information that goes up at the mac observer every week and my job during the week is to pull out the stories that we need to talk about on the show and and i use that text the text from the news and kind of cut it up and, and reorganize it and turn it into uh, content for the show. And so there's a lot of cutting and pasting and copying of URLs and getting, you know, titles of articles and stuff that I automate. Um, just one example, uh, stuff that I do along the way, when I finish the show, um, it it's, gets spit out by GarageBand or Logic, whichever one I happen to be using. That's a whole different story. The, uh, it gets spit out as one type of audio file, and I need to encode it as an MP3 for the feed. Um, there's one thing that Automator can do that I really like. The, it has some good 
iTunes related actions. And yep. so what I do is I have it find the audio file automatically that I've, I've exported from uh, GarageBand or Logic, um, and I have it suck it up and encode it as an MP3. Now, this is, okay, so this is the geek gab, which means that I get to talk about the geeky part of this. That's why we're here. Many of you, if you've ever used iTunes to encode stuff, you, you know that you got to go through this thing. It's buried in the preferences, and you got to go in, you got to switch it to the thing that you want to encode as, and then you say select the thing and encode it, and then you got to switch it back. Yeah, and if you if you are used, you know, if you just want to encode one thing as an MP3, but you want everything else to come in as AAC when you just rip a CD or whatever, right. you gotta you have to remember to switch it back. I hate doing that, and I always forget it, and I end up encoding things later in the wrong format. That's right. Or if you want, even want to change, you know, bit levels or anything like that. That's right. Right, and that's another thing. The podcast, since it's all spoken, is is encoded at at a really low bit rate, and I want my music to come in at a high bit rate, and right. so. I have my MP3. You know, I have encoder. another solution for that, Ricky. Just convince All your right. boss to buy you a separate computer to do the podcast <laughs> on, and then you can leave them both set the way you want. All right, we'll talk. We'll talk about that after the show. Then <laughs> he's too cheap, I think. The, uh, that guy. Um, so the I have my MP3 encoder set to crap. Uh, and it just encodes the uh, the show, it, it, and that's what I use to encode the show. And then I have uh, my AAC encoder in, uh, set to good. Um, okay. And my automator action finds the file, and it imports the audio file using the MP3 encoder. And when it does that, iTunes doesn't switch right. to AAC. It just right. does it as MP3 and leaves the settings the way they are. And then it also dumps on all of the all of the tags for the audio file that are always the same, like my name and the name of the show yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, that that's one of the many actions that I use, but that one I like just because of that little thing with iTunes. Very cool. Very cool. Mm. I, yeah, but automators are wonderful thing. Guys. John, what, uh, um, you said well, you created one this weekend or today, so I wanted to hear yeah, about Yeah, well, that. I want to toss yeah. a few things in here. So one review just for the uh, people who can't see this, uh, just so we get the terminology. So when you start up Automator, uh, it starts off with a library of applications that are Automator-enabled. And then associated with each application, and it's kind of hit and miss, um, is you get actions. Some of them are handy, and some of them are great for uh, you know, doing things like what Ricky wants to do, and some aren't. But we'll get a into that a little bit more later. I just didn't want people to be totally lost with their actions. Um, to me, the other important thing, though, is the name of the little robot. Do you know the name of the robot? I don't know the name of the robot. The name of the robot is Otto. Of course. Of course. Naturally. I had never Otto. heard that before. Where did you learn that, by the way? Um, I actually learned that on the Automator page. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Apple.com, Mac OS X features Automator, and it does bill it as your personal automation assistant. But anyways, to go into a bit Mr. of detail, Auto. what I did, we had a, um, a listener a while ago who, who had a, a kind of a challenge. He was like, you know, I'd like to take a bunch of my files and unlock them. The, for some reason, they were locked. They were either migrated from OS 9 or something like that, and you would think that you could do this in OS X, that you could just highlight a bunch of files, say get info or whatever, and unlock them all. Well, that's not really what happens, and I'll have to take a swipe at Apple, and this is where Windows, I think, uh, does things differently. And uh, if that's what you want to do, unlock a bunch of files, I think it'll let you do that a little easier. But anyways, if you do it on OS X, it brings up an info window for each file. Of course, it has that an That can unlock. take a long time, yeah. 
Yeah, and also once you start doing that, I mean, if you if you highlight a whole bunch of files in StateGate info, I mean, you may be really, really unpleasantly surprised that having. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a good exercise in learning how to force quit the finder, you know, just in case you forgot. <laughs> So what I did, and actually getting back to, now it's uh, applicable for me to talk about this. So I'm like, you know, I bet you if I got Automator and selected Finder as the application and looked at the actions, there would be an action yeah. to unlock files. I was wrong. Uh-huh. There isn't. But the good news is that you have this wonderful community of developers. And yep. if you actually go on the Apple site, and we'll put this in the show notes, there is a place you can go, apple.com slash downloads, macOS 10 slash automator, and there's a boatload, just a bucket, a, whatever you want to call it. Great whopping of, pant loads? Great, yeah, I don't want to call it that. Phase, you okay. took it from me. <laughs> but you can search, so I went to this Tip page, of my tongue. And we'll, you know, put it in the notes. And there, you can search for, so I went to this page, and I searched for unlock, and lo and behold, someone wrote, an automator action. Very good. Um, now you're like, huh? Well, they wrote an action? Well, how do I, what do I do? Well, automator not only has a stock set of actions, but due to the wonderful developer community, you can import actions. Now, Brilliant! Now, I don't know quite how to get rid of it, and maybe we'll get to that later, but once you <laughs> import an action in automator, it then appears under the application. So this particular one, appeared in the finder selection and was called, um, not surprisingly, unlock. Uh, oh, where the heck is it? Unlock files and folders. There you go. So once I imported this under the uh, file menu, import actions, and I imported its a, you know, icon has a little action. Uh, you can tell it's an action. Then all of a sudden that appeared. Then I was able to get to the point where I could define an automator workflow. You know, the first part being take finder input. You know, right. get input from the finder, which basically means take whatever is being given to you and then pass it on to the next action. So it was a very simple one, two actions. One is to take the stuff that's given to you by the user, you know, like dragging it over an icon. And the second was unlock. So you go from something that would be very, very tiresome where you'd have to go to the command line, perhaps, to do this, to something where you can just drag and drop a whole bunch of things over this automator action that you export and of course automator lets you uh save your workflows as an application and it just made it into something that was oh so easy so there that was go. my thing and it really go. served so for this particular user who wanted to unlock files say for whatever reason you had a bunch of locked files yep just drag and drop and they're unlocked so uh there's probably and I think there's, there's, no, there's no reason that we couldn't take that action and and post it to the show notes right john uh, no. I've done that. I'm sorry. Yeah, we just have to figure where to put it. I don't know if you know anybody that has a server we could put that on. Oh, I, yeah, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> there is one other yeah. thing I was going to say about that. It's it's worth explaining. I think if people haven't ever opened Automator and looked at it, um, the the applications themselves. So you know, the Finder, um, Text Edit, Mail, iTunes, iPhoto, and then other third-party applications can be can have actions written for them so you can only do the things that are specifically enabled that's right in the application and so the developer whether it's apple or somebody else needs to actually prepare those actions to be available for their applications and if they've done it and sometimes i mean they think of some some pretty um kind of out there things like there's set itunes equalizer i'm looking at it right now or, yeah or mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they have some random stuff that if you if you need it, if you happen to need that thing and they've got it, that's sweet. And otherwise, you got to go fishing for it. That's right. And, you know, I'm with you. And I'm looking here at the list of stuff. And at least on my list, 
Every application here is an Apple written application except for Graphic Converter. Oh, okay. Which is just an who, who does Graphic Converter? converter? Thorsten Lemke. Oh, that has been out forever. I will, yeah. I will tell you something else. I I've got ones the the BB Edit. Uh, yeah, is, all the is Automator uh, ready? Yeah, Bare Bones is great about Automator. Yeah. Bare Bones software. Yeah, and and there are a lot of things you can do with BB Edit. All the text factories and everything are all accessible from within Automator. It it's actually makes it very very powerful. You know, it, it, but but Automator, I think your your explanation was great. And we're talking before the show, John and I were talking earlier today, you know, who is Automator for? And all this, this discussion that we just went through here of how you're limited in what you can do in Automator, it reminds me a lot of FileMaker, right? Because it's the same sort of scripting language. So any of you that are out there using FileMaker, it's the same kind of thing. The, the, the steps are built for you. You can't create your own. You simply, well, you can create your own, but it's it's not... It's not built for the end user to create their own. It's simply built for you. There's no programming necessarily involved. You can do everything without ever seeing a line of code, right? And you just drag all this stuff in, create a what they call a workflow, and that's exactly what it is. You Your data starts at the beginning and sort of passes through each action. The beautiful part of it, of course, is if this isn't already clear, is that you can aggregate the best parts or the required parts of many, many different applications, assuming they're automator savvy, and and pass your data from one to the other without having to actually manually do so. Uh, Shut up. Really? Well, that's what it does. Uh, for for example, you know that I mean the 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 thing I use the most uh, with Automator is this this workflow that I built for processing the podcast. Now, when I'm done with the when when we're done with this show, it's recorded as an AIFF file. I hit stop, and the next thing I do is I drag the the file to an Automator droplet or an application rather that I put on uh, actually in my dock. And it starts. It pulls it into iTunes. It converts it to an MP3. It adds everything that needs to be added. And then it goes and uploads it using Transmit, which is another third-party automator-aware FTP application. And then when it's done, I actually have it execute some uh, Unix shell script that tells the server on the other end, go ahead and upload it to our CashFly server, which, of course, is the place that you download the podcast from. And, and it goes ahead and does that automatically, so I don't need to wait for the, the cron job that picks it up every five minutes. And then, bam, I'm done. And then, actually, it creates the AAC for, for Michael. But at that point, the, the, the show is published, and John and I are usually still gabbing at that point. And it's, it's actually quite convenient. So once you – building an automator action definitely takes some, some baby steps. You, you need to run your data through it and you know stop test it, make sure that, you know, you build your steps rather than stop and run your data through it and test it and make sure that it's doing what you think it's doing. Don't have it do anything irreparable until... That's you're, a big, you're big certain. point. Yeah, until you're certain... Don't have to start working on stuff you care about until you know yeah, it works. That's right. That's right. And you may you may want to, which for the programmers out there, you may actually want to draw a little float, or at least think about it. Yeah, Think Absolutely. about the individual Absolutely. steps. I mean, you, you can you can just dive right in and start, you know, picking the actions and the applications and, and defining a workflow. But you, you may want to, you know, just, uh, you know, think about it beforehand. Or no, just dive right in. Hey, that's the worst <laughs> that could happen. So definitely, te- definitely test it, though. That's you can, important. incidentally, use Automator to back up the files that you're going to mess with before you do it. I do that uh, yeah, since I, I spend all this time during the week getting all these text files, and then I need to concatenate all of them. And sometimes, for reasons completely unclear to me, it, it messes everything up. But somewhere in this workflow, I delete 
those files. And so at the beginning of the process, I just uh, duplicate everything that I, I uh, got over the course of the week so that I know I have a backup. There you yep. go. And I see here there is a finder action called create archive, which is probably a, Zip a archive, good one. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. I can do that. See, there you go. And you can I save just, some I space. just copy and yeah. I just, whatever. Well, <laughs> so it, it, it's worth saying that, that Automator is, is different from certainly, uh, you know, a, a high-level programming language uh, like C++ and obviously very different from any low-level stuff. But, you know, with, with C++, which I know you, you work with on a fairly regular basis, John. You, uh, you, C. Well, okay. Well, with, yeah, with, with C. <laughs> please. The, or yeah, Java. Please. Or Java. Right. Well, C++ has all this baggage and objects and stuff. Oh, but anyways, go. yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, the, people are not just going to dive in and learn Java or C. There's a, a steep learning curve for that. That's right. With, with Automator, <laughs> it's, it's so visual. It's all right in front of you, literally right in front of you. That you can, you know, you can start experimenting, and it really won't take you very long to uh, to to figure things out. It, it's less flexible than AppleScript in in some ways because you're not actually writing any code. But uh, for me, I've found, you know, for for someone who's an AppleScript hack, which which I def, which I consider myself, mm-hmm. I'm actually a decent programmer, but just never learned AppleScript enough to remember all the commands that I would need to, to remember. And, you know, combing through all the libraries and everything, it, while I'm trying to write a very simple procedure, it's it just never something that I considered fun. Automator can usually do whatever I would have done in AppleScript. Not everything that I could have done in AppleScript, but it can do quite a bit. But it's mm-hmm. it's so visual that, that, like I said, everything's right in front of you. So you're you're not guessing and, and yeah. stabbing in the dark. It's all right there. So I will say anything that you can do in AppleScript, you can also do in Automator. Uh, right. they, they let you, one of the actions is run AppleScript. So That's if right. you know AppleScript, uh, you, can, you can go in and type in some Apple. And there are actually, there are some weird things that for some reason Automator does not seem to play well with. Um, like, for example, it's really hard to cut and paste text using Automator. Extremely um, you, difficult, yeah. And and there are people who have tried to do that, and I, I looked, it, it may have improved since I looked at this way back, you know, about a year ago when I was originally writing all this stuff. But it was really hard to do, and the stuff that other people had written didn't really work reliably, and it all used... Apple script stuff. Um, so it's, you can, you can hack it or people have managed to hack it in some ways, but it's really not built to do that. So there are, there are weird things and it tends to be, if you want to do something kind of bizarre and I do a few of these things, uh, then you're really going to want to use or, or learn something about Apple script. For example, one of the things that I do when I have the web page of an article that I want to take the, at, at TMO and at IPO and actually at other places, when I link to other, um, uh, other things off those two sites in my show notes. The I grabbed the title of the article by getting the title of the window, the Safari window huh. that uh, shows up, and I copy that to the file name of the text file that I create of the news article. Um, and in order to do that, I need to use AppleScript because AppleScript has this thing that's get the the name of the the window, the active window. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now, I, I have well, one to, thing here. Oh, go ahead. Just want to mention. If you want to check out, so if people are scratching their head saying, what is AppleScript? Just go to Applications. Mm-hmm. Inside of there is, is an AppleScript folder, and within that, probably the thing you'd want to look at is the script editor. That is where you make your scripts. Now, it has a neat feature where you can click on Record, 
and it'll kind of watch what you're doing and start writing Apple scripts. So that may be a good way to learn, or of course the other way, which people a lot of times don't think of, is go to the frickin' help menu and say script editor help. <laughs> yeah. uh, by Apple. the way, I've I've tried to use that record thing every every year, or at least every new OS release. I always open up the I find myself bump into the script editor and I say, hey, maybe they made it work better than it worked before. And I open it and I hit record and I try and do something. It has never successfully recorded something for me. <laughs> I defy anybody out there to give me an example. Yep. When, there it uh, is. But, we'll send, but we'll forward the all help. the emails to you, Ricky. No problem. Right, thank you. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. The help, the help, uh, the script editor help does, you know, list some things and it has links to, I assume, websites here, Apple Script Help, the Apple Script website, the language guide. There you go. So if you want to know right. the Apple Script language um, or, you know, get a nice book. Um, but yeah, definitely not, you know, something for, for the newbie. But but there's a, you know, I, I just thought I'd mention it because a lot of times people don't think to look on the help menu and, the, and there is some poor poor schmuck somewhere that is writing all these help pages that probably 99% of the user population never if, even look y- at. You've actually <laughs> paid him to write those help pages, so you might as well use them. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so back to I'm going to uh, tell the folks about our sponsor while, while the two of you think about what script it is that we're going to, or what workflow it is that we're going to kind of walk these people through here while they, uh, mm-hmm. while they happily listen to us. And our sponsor this week is the Shure uh, E500 Push to Hear headphones. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago. We actually talked about them months ago when they were announced. But uh, they they finally sent me a pair of these. And these things are, they actually sound great. They, uh, they've got three drivers in each ear, uh, a low and I think two highs is, is how they've classified it. But I, I may have that incorrect. Uh, a couple of cool things about the cable and then this Push to Hear. The cable is actually a modular design. The headphones themselves are on a very short cable that can then be plugged into essentially an extension of any length. I think they give you a a 9-inch length and then a 3-foot length in the box with it, but you could go to Radio Shack and get any length you liked. Um, And then this push-to-hear idea, it's actually very cool. What what they've done here is is they know that sometimes when you've got these things buried in your ears, you want to hear what someone next to you is going to say, be it... You know, someone in the car with you, if well, hopefully you're not driving and listening to these things because that would break all sorts of social rules and I think maybe even some actual laws. But, you know, if, you, if you've got somebody or you're sitting on an airplane and the, the flight attendant wants to talk to you, the captain's on the uh, on the on the speaker, it's got this little button and you push this button and it activates a microphone that's actually a, a, a cell phone microphone. So it's keyed up for uh, it's EQ'd for voice and it lowers the level of whatever it is you're listening to. And then amplifies whatever is coming into this microphone. So you can just push this button, have a conversation with you know whoever it is, and you hear yourself talk too, which is very handy uh, for those of you that have never done this. And uh, and and then you know when you're done, you un- uncheck it, and you're good to go. So the Shure E500 Push to Hear headphones. Check them out, John, Ricky. Are we ready, hmm. fellas? You want to talk us through your. Uh, your your workflow, John, the the one that you created, that sounds like a, a fairly short one, and that would be a, a good example for uh, for the folks at home. Okay, John. I'll go through the gory details here. So we're going to start off step by step. Um, what's at the top? All right, what's at the top here? Well, at the top, the first action. So yep. let me get look at get over automated here. So we start up here. We go to so of course on the right here, it's going to show this window. Drag red actions. It's going to be blank when you start up. Right. So the first thing I'm going to do is under library on the left side of the automator screen, applications. I'm going to pick Finder. Okay. And the first thing that I'm going to say, which is kind of a generic one, and you're going to use it for most Finder actions, is 
get specified finder items. Got it. And that's uh, so you're going to take that. I'm going to drag it over. Now, it, the interesting thing I noticed is at the top and the bottom of each automator action, once you drag it into a workflow, there are uh, fields or, or or labels rather that define the sort of data that's coming in and the sort of data that's coming out. Um, so on get specified finder items, what, is there anything coming into it? Probably not, right? Well, in this case, it's going to be the whatever you... you uh, whatever you've selected. So it, it doesn't take any data passed to it. It's just going and getting whatever's out there in the finder. This is actually a really important point about Automator. The yeah. Automator can, can pass... The, the way everything functions is that each action takes something and then passes something. Um, and it's for any programmers out there, it's very important to recognize that Automator can only take and pass one kind of thing. It can be a batch of, for example, files or songs, or it can be a whole lot of text, but <clears throat> it can only take and pass one thing at a time. So it's not like you can take something and set it aside like a variable that you're going to hold on to and then Very use it later. Um, so it's that that took me some getting used to and some planning around. Yeah. Um, so uh, definitely a, a, a good thing to understand. It's got to, you've got to decide what kind of thing you're bringing in and then it's got to be pretty much linear from there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <clears throat> Hello? <laughs> All okay. right, we are back, John. Uh, John had a, a there was a bit of a Skype hiccup here, so John, go go ahead and 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 why don't you start from the top here with your uh, okay your action. So I had a mouseo or a clicko or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's kind of like a typo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Get selected finder items. We wanted to do. So, okay. Whatever I just said, forget it. Okay. Get still- selected <laughs> finder items. Okay. I think I was the and, one that said get specified too, but anyway. And that's going to take whatever you pass to it. So if you drag um, yes. uh, files or folders or something onto this workflow, that those are the selected finder uh, items. Okay. Right. So get specified, I would imagine, is hard-coded stuff. It's whatever you're passing right. to you it. You say go to this directory and take all the files in Got it, for it. example. Okay. So that's probably not as useful. So Right. Take what I said and replace it with get selected finder items. Drag okay. that over. That's going to be the first part of the workflow, and that's basically going to be whatever you select or, you know, lasso in the finder. Got it. Or whatever's passed into it. And you can see that, you know, it gives you a little hint in the lower left-hand corner of Automator saying this action gets the selected items and passes them on to the following action. Which now, is? This is and what, where and what things... sort of data is it passing? What, what, what does it say for that, so, that, that, that data type? So input is... The selected items. And the output? Files slash folders. Okay. So that says that the result is whatever files or folders, and I don't think there's anything else. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I suppose there could be volumes and stuff like that. Yeah, but volumes it's going to treat as folders, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Or servers or stuff like that. And there's uh, settings for that, actually. Like server, but, but... um, but let's stick to files and folders. Fair so enough. that's the first step. So the input is whatever you drag into right. it, and the output is the files or folders. Okay. Then the second step, and this is where I had to get a little creative, was to go to the site we'll put in the show notes, which is to search for an action that would unlock files. So, okay. of course, you know, I looked in Automator, and I said, well, hey, there's got to be an action. Right, so you've got, now you've got this unlock files action that you've put in there, like you told us before, right? right? Yeah, okay. So basically highlight that, drag it over into the same place I dragged the other action. 
And it, it's now and grabbing the files and folders from the first action and sucking them into the second one. And you'll one. see on the right side, it actually shows the link. And it's kind of nice because it shows action one and action two. It shows that they both talk file slash folders, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, I would think you'd have problems if the data output by one action is... Not the data that the next one expects. Well, it'll, it'll just stop, is what. It'll or is do. it just going to yell at you? Yeah, or, uh, it'll, it'll just stop if you if you don't match that up. Now, some some uh, some actions can actually take different types of data as input mm-hmm. and potentially even as output. So, uh, you know, though, like Ricky said, it only takes one. Uh, you you sometimes have a choice of of what sort of data is coming into it. Uh, it you know, with certain things. So, mm-hmm. so. And then that's, that's it. it. Two, two steps. Then Beautiful. what I do, so you'll see the run button. So I'm going to click on that. Ah, look at that. It said workflow execution completed, which to me is a hint that it compiled or it, it's valid. And it showed next to each of the actions a little check mark. Right. So that's good. So that gives me a warm fuzzy saying that this is valid. Now, now, now I don't I, want to just... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I have an idea, but go ahead. Finish your Okay. Thought. Now... Well, you know, I just don't want to live here in, you know, automator land. I really want to output this as an application. So what you do is go to File, Save As, and then it brings up, you know, a normal file save dialog. And it says Save As. You can give it whatever name you want. I'd probably call it something like Unlock, the location, and then File Format. And in this case, what I'm going to choose, and there's two choices here. There's Workflow and Application. I want to save it as an application. And that's what I did. So I saved it as an application. I set desktop. And then, lo and behold, on my desktop, I have a little application that's called Unlock. And it has the happy little auto uh, icon there. there you go. And then basically what you do is just take whatever file or files that you or folders, because that's a valid data type that you would like unlocked, drag it on top of it, and they get unlocked. And Bingo. that's it. Now, I think, you can, I think you can attach an automator action to a smart folder. Um, and I went That's to right. che- I went yes. to check to see if you could create if you could make a smart folder that contained only locked files, but near as I can tell, it doesn't look like you can actually do that with a smart folder. I may be wrong. I, I looked quickly here, but it doesn't seem like that's an option for a smart folder because if if that were, then you could have a smart folder that automatically collected all your locked items and then automatically had this this automator action applied to it, so you never would have any locked files on your drive. Or in whatever you know, folders you had specified, so mm-hmm. uh, that would be nice. If anybody knows about that, that would that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. Yeah. Now the process for saving this stuff in different forms. If you save as, whenever you create a a thing, when you save as, John was saying, there's this uh, little pop up menu. You can also there's in the file menu there's save as plugin. And if you save it as a plugin, right. then you get the option to assign it to folders, or I think put it in the print dialog box, right. and oh, so you can yeah. do um, various cool things that way. There oh, you go. look at this iCal alarm! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Image capture, print workflow. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, a lot of options there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any any complaints or issues? I mean, we've, we've been singing the praises of Automator, albeit with its limitations. Uh, it's slow. <laughs> Yeah, it is slow. Well, it's that's because you guys have these early non-G5 machines. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I just <laughs> want an automator on a dual 1.4 gigahertz. Like most of the rest of the yeah. world, we have these old ancient computers. Yeah, yeah we're gonna get some hate mail. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it's it's really really slow, and it's slow in in unreasonable ways. It's slow when you open it, which yep. a lot of things are, but it's slow when you when you move actions around. Like I'm oh, looking yeah. at a workflow. If I were to grab one action at the top and try and drag it down to the middle, the thing hiccups while it tries to figure out where you're going to put it, and you always end up putting things in the wrong place. I think it's also not terribly stable as a as a an application. I feel like I've done things to make it crash that weren't really that unreasonable but i am saying that without being able to remember what any of those things were i in other words i don't yeah. feel really confident when i use it i feel like i i need to tread lightly you know 10.4.7 dealt with a lot of the crashes that i was having there were there were a few items in the automator application library meaning not finder but but the there's there's what six or seven actions in the automator group itself ask for confirmation pause run apple script run shell script that sort of yeah. thing and and i think the ask for confirmation one was causing it to crash in on any os i tried or on any platform i tried it on the uh on the intel macbook pro and, and again here on the power pc you know on the g4 and it was it would just crash the script it would it, it would run fine if you were running it within automator but as soon as you saved it to an application it, it just died but uh, from what they tell me, it works just fine in uh, ten point four point seven. They were Apple was pretty clear about that in the in the release notes. We'll find out tonight because I actually put a wait for con- or an ask for com- confirmation in my my show processing droplet and haven't run it as an application since. So I am I am specifically not following my own advice, and I'm going to run it live and damn the torpedoes <laughs> and pray. Yeah, well, there'll be some of that. Yeah. Now, of course, my one complaint. Is that there wasn't a locker unlock action? Yeah, we got that. I would think anything you could do with the, <laughs> but but seriously, you know, anything you could. Do, my expectation would be anything you could do with the finder, there would be an action for. Well, that's the thing. They got to think of it first. Although it right. does, we were talking about this before. One of the one of the things that I mean, you had to go and you had to find this this automator action. A lot of the ones up there are awesome. They do exactly what they're supposed yep. to. Some of them suck. And they, yeah. very few, but some of them just plain don't do what they're supposed to. And one might want to be able to get rid of the ones that don't <laughs> behave properly. Yeah. Well, there's there's three places you can look, Ricky. Uh, there is slash library slash automator, which is where third party apps will put automator plugins uh, or automator actions for the the system globally for every user on the system then there's home obviously, obviously. that's where the that's where a user would would want to look to get that's rid of where, an action that's right but if obviously? you want to hello you, <laughs> obviously. obviously that's how i would have designed it that's right <laughs> home home slash library slash automator is uh, the other place you can look and then the third place of course is system or slash system slash library slash automator but that is where of course. The, the Mac OS built-in uh, actions are. So you may, you know, your mileage may vary if you start yanking things out of there. Um, but yeah, I mean, one thing that drives me crazy <laughs> is I can't apply a graphic to an iTunes uh, song from Automator. Have you figured out how to do yes, that? Yes, sir. You well, have? I the actually I know uh, the the way I I do it now, and in fact, it's one of the reasons that I'm using GarageBand as often as not uh, to to record my show is that you can you can build it in. To the, uh, yeah. yeah yeah so uh i i haven't checked to see if the if the newest version of logic pro does it i'm going to be switching Got back it. over soon so hopefully Got they it. can do it there and hopefully they'll fix automator because yeah that that was one of the things that i had wanted to be able to do yeah yeah and and i don't think you can name the show intelligently or name a file in right. itunes intelligently you can assign it a static name but 
Um, but a lot of times, you know, I like to name the show MGG underscore and then the, uh, the a, a date stamp, essentially. And I can do that in the finder. I can rename the file in the finder exactly. before I pull it into iTunes. So like Ricky said, you have to really think through your process before you, uh, you know, before you, you get there. Of course, it's not that hard if you have the time to drag a step from, you know, further down in the workflow to further up. But it, it does take time. And. Presumably, and you have to think it through. You got to try yeah. it and have it not work, and then that's you got to right. realize that that's the problem. So you you need to become you need to the the worst thing about Automator is that it has these quirks. It does right. behave in bizarre ways, and so you need to learn how to you know use its quirks to your advantage, which is I think probably often true in programming, but it's it doesn't make it any more fun. And so you can you can learn those quirks on your own, Ricky, but you can also learn them on the web, right? You can I mean th- th- there's other people using Automator. It's not just the three of us. Uh, well, and that's that's how I learned all of this stuff. I I sat down and I said Automator's going to be great and I started to use it and Is that how I you said it? Or did you actually ex- use your faux English <laughs> really? accent? Oh, okay. That's actually how I I talk whenever I'm uh, Got it. uh working. Anyway, the uh, so I uh, we need I to we need to talk about that, and uh, I I also needed to learn a lot of Apple Script to do some of the weird things that that Automator can't do, and so there's this terrific resource um, that Apple has provided, um, which are the its discussion boards in its support section, um, and and it is a fantastic place. It's this, it's like a utopia of Mac users because there are people there. Is it the oasis who, in the desert that we call the internet, Ricky? <laughs> That's exactly what it is because it's <laughs> because people will go there explicitly for the purpose of helping other people learn yeah. how to use stuff, and that's how I learned Automator. It's how I figured out how to do the apple script that i do it's how i learned most of the stuff i know how to do in logic um and i bet they have i bet when you were learning this stuff ricky that there were folks from apple participating in these boards and making sure things stayed on topic and all of that stuff right Absolutely, I yeah. mean, because you know, it's and and it's you need that, of course, in a forum. I mean, we know that at, at, at TMO, TMO. IPO, you need people who can who can babysit the forum and make sure that you know spammers don't get in and and wreak havoc, and that the the place stays you know focused on productive things. That's right. And they and did sometimes a great you even job need to, of that. And sometimes you even need to delete things that people say bad about your products too, right? Well, yeah. I mean, everyone knows that they do that. Yeah. Of course, it's yeah. that's not really, and I have never had a problem with that because no, that's where their, they it's need their to thing. do that. That's right. Yeah, they, and it's also it's, it's there thing. to be a service for the people who are trying to use their products. And mm-hmm. if someone, if it can't do something, then that's not the place to be. That's right. But if you don't anyway. moderate, there's going to be anarchy. Anarchy. Well, what we're all referring to here, uh, dancing around. Uh-huh. If you if you missed it. Uh, there was uh, a story floating around the web this week. I, I think it. I think it actually began here at TMO, though. I uh, I, I was wow. fairly. Yeah, Brian wrote a great article yeah, on this. That Apple has uh, has effectively canned all of their all of their forum mods, and so uh, what that means for the fe- the future of the Apple discussion boards, I don't know because forums anarchy. forums without mods turn into yeah a, it's, it's like a anarchy, playground a playground for kitties and it it really it can ruin them I, i've seen a lot of forums even even moderately moderated forums if that makes sense uh can moderately. turn into that it you know it, it depends on the type of people you attract and it's like a playground with no teacher watching would you want that and and like a lot of shovels and 
tools and you know sledgehammers and and jackhammers for the kids to well, and just people, play with. There are people that care about this subject matter and they care yeah. about the products. I mean, we we all know what what Mac users are like, right? I mean, we know what what the people in this community are like, and people yeah. really care about the stuff they buy and the computers that they own. And if Apple does something that annoys them, they're very loud about it, and that's the place that they go to talk about it. And it's the problem is that it's it's a professional resource. It or that's right. it was when they yeah. had moderators. I mean, it's it's valuable for anyone who order who gets Final Cut, who gets Logic, who gets uh, Shake Motion, any of those pro level applications. They're they're powerful and they're incredibly flexible, which means that. They're not always, I mean, you can't just go to the online help. If you, uh, you know, want to get some third-party plug-in that doesn't play nice with logic, and you say, well, I really want to do this because no one's been doing this. They try, professionals try and do things that the application was not meant to do. Because right. if it was easy, everyone yep. else would be doing it, and you wouldn't need a professional to do it. So it's, they're, they're things that are hard. They're people working at the forefront of whatever the, these these really professional, powerful applications can do. And they, it's it's a professional service to be able to go there and get this information. And now it's gone. It, and that well, it it might is, be gone, right? I mean, let's 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 not give up. There there is. I'm just saying there is an inkling done. of there is an inkling of faith <laughs> that we can maintain in humanity as it as it exists. And perhaps, no. oh wow, no. you guys, so much for no, spreading the you. love, Remember folks. Remember when it was like it's the economy, stupid to me. It's the brand, stupid. Yeah. Unless you'd like to draw people into perhaps getting into a pay support option. Yeah. Well, this is oh, all I'm saying is this is it's the decision. The at least this halfway decision is is just plain dumb. There are two there are two options as far as I can tell for what yeah. happens. And you're absolutely right, Dave. We don't know what's going to happen. All we know is that the current situation is not going to remain because the forums will devolve into anarchy, like you described. And Apple's not going to let that remain. So either they're going to completely kill the forums, or they'll put it back to some version of what it was before, whether it's paid or not. That's actually a good point, John. And even yeah. worse, you're going to get the trolls crawling out from under their bridges. And, I mean, we've seen this. Yeah, absolutely. You get the trolls and you get Apple enthusiasts. It's just... Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see flame wars erupt over there uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, without that. And, it, and it'll kill off some threads, and that's kind of the way it'll go. Mm-hmm. It, it's just interesting to see mm-hmm. Apple make that move unless like you said john they uh they're they're moving towards a, a, a more pay, pay more frequently for support option kind of thing so yeah but then what do they do about all the people that bought apple care right i mean you know do those people now get access to the forums and no one else does is that maybe what this is are they trying to sell apple care and uh Ooh, conspiracy theory right it could be <laughs> i mean it's a service they're providing anyway right these forums so you you, you pull them back and then you yeah. open up something else it, do they benefit you know, from without the knowledge of everyone, even the even the folks that think they're so good with their computers that they don't need Apple Care, that kind of thing? You know, because you know, actually, I've looked every now and then at the Dell support boards, and they're mm-hmm. pretty nasty. They're are they? It's a playground. Huh. I don't know if they have mods or very good mods, but uh, the last time I was there, it was like half the messages were like, "This sucks. That sucks." <laughs> Serious. Well, there you go. <laughs> 
Well, it's, well, it's also a PC, so. Yeah, well, you know, they, they tend to be a little less civilized, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't usually put on my Apple apologist hat that often or my fanboy hat, but the, apparently it was on then, so. Well, it's okay because we just called Apple dumb. It yeah, is, that's it true. It is amazing. You don't see them these days making decisions that are just plain dumb. No. All right, Ricky, thank you very much for for joining us. Uh, Hey, my pleasure. Next week, we'll answer your questions. 206-666-GEEK. You can answer my questions? Oh, maybe their questions. Go to Portable Media Expo. (laughs) Thanks for listening, Uh, folks. Thanks, thanks, Ricky. Appreciate it. Geek. Peace. Don't get caught.